My name's Jay Philippi, and I've spent my life in and around the media. TV, radio, the movies, and more. I love them, and I hate them, and I always have an opinion. Call this The View from the Flip Side. With my roots in the theater, I am all too often saddened by the way that actors are remembered. Not for their greatest roles, simply their highest profile. A career of depth and breadth and quality is reduced to a single, all too often simple, character. Such is the case, I fear, for English actor Robert Hardy. When his obituary appeared over the weekend, it was usually headlined with Robert Hardy, who played Cornelius Fudge in the Harry Potter movies. It just makes me want to slam my head into the wall. Yes, he played that rather fuss-budgety career bureaucrat in the Ministry of Magic. It was a relatively small role in the blockbuster series. And I am aware that most people under the age of 50 only know him from those movies. And that's really sad. So allow me a moment to note a few other items from his professional vitae. Timothy Sidney Robert Hardy was born in 1925 in Cheltenham, England. He was the son of the headmaster of Cheltenham College. His first acting experience was Shakespeare, in no less a place than the Bard's home of Stratford-upon-Avon, and opposite no lesser a castmate than Sir Laurence Olivier. As the years progressed, he became a familiar figure on television and in the movies. American audiences first glimpsed him as Albert the Prince Consort, in the BBC serial Edward the King in 1975. Now, true Hardy fans are all but dancing in their seats right now, wondering when I will get to Siegfried Farnan. Farnan was one of the much-beloved characters in the series All Creatures Great and Small, which ran from 1978 to 1990. It was a longtime staple on PBS stations and was the inspiration for every veterinary show that has come since. He has also played both Churchill and FDR in different productions. In 1981, Hardy was granted a CBE by Queen Elizabeth. On top of that, he was known as an expert on the medieval English longbow. He published two books on the subject. Hardy was wonderful as a poised member of the English upper crust. He had a wonderful way of being oh so polite while making it utterly clear just how far out of your depth you were. It was the polished work of an experienced and skillful artist. Like so many English actors, he had spent many years learning the craft. Cornelius Fudge was fun, but Robert Hardy deserves to be remembered for more. 2018 continues to be an astoundingly awful year for the folks at Facebook. It began with the continuing concern about its role in allowing outside forces to affect our national elections. The Cambridge Analytica scandal jumped on top of that as it was revealed that a massive volume of user data had been handed over to a private firm. Almost all of it gathered without the user's knowledge or permission. The European Union then added to the joy of the year by questioning how Facebook was handling personal information. The Europeans are much more serious on that subject than we are, and demanding that CEO and founder Mark Zuckerberg testify. He managed to escape without having to confront the really hard questions there. Sadly, the Big Z may look back on that as the high point of his year. Just a couple of weeks back, following an earnings report that was a little negative, the social media giant's stock dropped the largest amount by any single stock in a single day in the history of the stock market. Yeah. It's been a tough year, and it's not over yet. Zuckerberg recently got himself in hot water when it appeared that he was defending Holocaust deniers. The question was about why Facebook allows them to keep their pages up, 
to which he responded that some folks in that camp aren't, quoting now, intentionally getting it wrong. He walked those comments back almost immediately, noting that he personally found the point of view offensive. The company later added that they thought it was best to simply limit the distribution of misinformation rather than remove it outright. Since then, they have announced they will be removing material that could lead to violence. Plus, last month, the Securities and Exchange Commission announced a probe into whether Facebook warned investors about the information scandal in a timely fashion. I have noted repeatedly the apparent naivete of Zuckerberg's vision for his social media empire. What continues to amaze, and at times even astound me, is his apparent idea that this is still the Facebook of Harvard in 2004, or the worldwide Facebook debut of 2006. Today, Facebook is a behemoth, with the ability to change the world almost at a whim. There is increasing pressure around the world to regulate all social media. Zuckerberg is a leader in resisting that move. But if he can't shake this foolish attitude toward what Facebook really is, next year might be even tougher than this one has been. In the hospital movies and TV shows, there comes a moment after the team has been doing everything in its power to save the life of the patient that one of them looks up and says, call it. It's the moment when everyone realizes that it's over. Everything that can be done has been done. The patient is gone. You call the time of death and you go home. For the movie ticket subscription service MoviePass, I'm calling it. The patient has been failing for months, but the final sign has been shown. They will be out of business or sold off before the end of the year. My prediction, it's done. Which is kind of funny, given that just last week they tweeted a paraphrase of Mark Twain saying, Talk of our demise is greatly exaggerated. No, not really. The service began with the promise of a movie-a-day viewing for a low, low price. Just $10 and all the movies in the theaters were yours. It was obvious from the beginning that that wasn't going to work. MoviePass still had to pay the full price to the theaters for the tickets, so money poured out of the corporate coffers. The goal was that the subscriber base would be so big, the major chains would have to make a deal on prices. That largely never happened. Instead, those folks decided to do the deal themselves. AMC is launching The A-List. For $19.95, you get three movies a week. Since they are playing with their own tickets, AMC should be able to make this fly. Meanwhile, the movie pass cost went up to $14.95. Surge pricing went into effect, meaning that the more popular movies required add-on fees. That is, of course, unless you opt for the new $9.95 price, which gets you three movies a month. There are plenty of other small print stipulations, and competitors have begun to increase and circle all of which are sure signs of the inevitable death of the service. Beyond that is the report that they completely ran out of money at the end of last month. There had been a hope that they could generate a secondary income stream from collecting and then monetizing information on its users. An analytics firm bought a majority stake in the company to do just that. Too little, too late. There's another phrase you hear on those medical programs. The patient is dead, but the body doesn't know it. Time to make the call. Movie pass has passed. Call that The View from the Flip Side. The View from the Flip Side is written and produced by Jay Philippi. You can follow this program on Twitter at Radio Flipside or visit our website at viewfromtheflipside.com. 